Hey, you found us. Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. I'm Megan Fanning, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan. We created this podcast to continue the real conversations that we have when we get outside to run, bike, surf, climb, or whatever it is that you do. We love the real conversations when boundaries come down, because really, that's when it gets interesting. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an appropriate professional. Hello, Sean. Hello, Megan. How are you on this Fine Sunday morning. This is the most awkward part of the podcast. It's always like, like, it's always weird because we've been talking for a little while before we record. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, how are you? And you can't really answer. I can't really answer. We're just like, hey, good. What's going on? I'm fucking tired, Megan. That's how I am. I'm exhausted. I am with you 100%. I am probably week two peak training phase, maybe week three. So my brain is mush. Mm-hmm. I just got done running and here I am again, podcasting. I bet you <laughs> everyone that's uh, listening to this podcast is tired of me saying that same fucking shit every day. But you know what, though? Every time we record, it's always the same. It's always the same thing. You typically just finish running. I usually just get off the bike. Um, Kid stuff, family stuff. We're tired. Yeah, it's like it's like Alice in Wonderland. Deja vu. Every fucking asshole in my house is sick. Bunch of fucking jerks. Don't get sick. Fucking rather get sick this week than two weeks from now. True, true. True, true. So what are we going to talk about today, dearest Sean? We're going to talk about how illiterate Sean is. (laughs) Why don't you read? (laughs) So I've never, I've never explained this to you, huh? So when I read, I don't see like pictures and scenes and make pick like people's faces. And I don't like get a visual movie inside my head. I see a fucking teleprompter of words as I read. Hmm. So have you ever had neuropsych testing? <laughs> no. It's, you well, laugh, but it's so like based on what you said, um, you definitely have a different learning style. Um, yeah, I won't, I won't bore our audience, but yeah. But I was an art major, so I can visualize stuff. I just, when I read, it doesn't, doesn't do that for me. So with my learning styles, visual is the last one. And actually sometimes if I'm learning something, um, I get, um, I get overwhelmed. So a lot of times I'll close my eyes and I've, you know, I can see it in my head, but what I see with my eyes is often like too much, too much stimulation. So I'll practice it in my mind and then I practice the movements with my body and then I open my eyes and then do it that way. 
Yeah, I like I can I will learn something by writing it out or by physically doing it with somebody. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, I get I get overwhelmed by too much visual stimulation. That's why the worst way for me to learn how to do something is a YouTube video. I I literally can't. It is what happens is I get overloaded and my brain just short of cir- it short circuits. What I need is a list. Like step 1, step 2, I can read it and do it, but as soon as I watch the video there's just too much going on and my brain goes oh, like that. Oh yeah. I I learn totally by watching YouTube videos. Right. I just right. pause it, do it, next step, next step. Yeah. yeah. That's why I send well, you YouTube videos all the time. That's how I. And I, and how I, I never watch them because I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't learn that way. But today we are talking about what we're doing, what we're reading, watching, listening to. Um, yeah, just what's what's going on in our what's going on in our world. Our multimedia world, Megan. We're talking about yeah. our personal multimedia world. Personal multimedia world. All right. You like that? I guess so. Yeah, it has a has some has a good ring to it. Has some gusto. <laughs> gusto, you're such a dork. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So I, I know you have I know you have a list of fucking things that you want to go over. So I'll let you I'll let you shoot first and we'll uh go from there. Well, what would you like to know first? What would you like me to talk about? Books, TV? Dude, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Talk about it all, Megan. Talk about all just whatever all at once. Just spew it. I know I don't fucking care, Megan. Talk about talk about let's let's go with the my least favorite one since I read teleprompters. So I, I am, I'm not going to talk too many books. I always have a stack of books, um, that I'm reading. Um, I have a Kindle, I have hardcovers. Um, I have books that I'm reading to learn on books, books that I'm reading for fun. And I often just go down rabbit holes of subjects like, um, like I think I was reading about war reporting for a while and then I was reading about World War II for a while and then I was reading about volcanoes for a while and you know how long each each topic lasts I don't know just sort of depends until you know sorry I get tired of it but um in real life um I am a trauma specialist and I decided to read the book Spare do you know what that is Fuck those two fucking assholes. <laughs> and you know what? That's actually why I brought it up. So Jesus I knew fucking it would, Christ. I knew I knew it bothered you. What so. fucking narcissistic motherfuckers. <laughs> Does anyone really give a fuck about those two? For real. Yeah, Jesus. absolutely. Because you know, and, and that's one of, fucking one of the reasons I brought it up was because I knew it would poke you. But the the reason I and so this is Prince Harry's book about um this trauma. Um, so I wanted to read about his perspective on trauma. And the other thing I appreciate is, um, 
sort of along sort of along the John Harris line, you know, I think we were talking about in the last last podcast or two podcasts ago. I really appreciate it when people are open publicly about their trauma and how it manifested, um, you know, the symptoms, because trauma symptoms are not necessarily what we think they're going to be. Um, I work with lots of different kinds of people and trauma, you can sometimes be fine, literally fine the next day after a trauma. And then two years later, something just slams you and you start to feel it. There is no, there's no formula for for how people experience and work through and feel trauma. So anyway, um, obviously, um, Prince Harry, um, you know, from England. He's a narcissist. Um, well, okay, Sean, shut the hell up. <laughs> Jesus I mean, it's true. Criminy. Okay, but shut up. Nobody's asking you. <laughs> God. God damn it, Sean. <laughs> So I was edit okay, side note, I was editing the podcast and when when you do that, God damn it, Megan. Oh, it makes me laugh so hard. And then me making fun of you saying that is even funnier. And I want to record me saying it and you saying it as your ringtone. So when you call me, it's like God damn it. <sighs> anyway, so I digress. Uh, um, obviously, um, Princess Diana was killed um, many, many years ago, um, you know, by the paparazzi when she and her boyfriend were were running away from them. Um, and and these poor, you know, these poor boys, anybody who loses, who loses a parent. I mean, that's got to be horrific. But to lose it in the public eye and to have to be um, forced to do all these weird ceremonial things and, you know, just the walking behind the casket and whatnot. And I think it's really interesting how his trauma manifested because he essentially, I think he was, goodness, uh, younger than the age of 10. Uh, I can't remember when his mom died and he had a lot of maladaptive behaviors, um, you know, joined the military, a lot of risk-taking behaviors and didn't go into therapy until like just recently, you know, let's say recently within the past, within the past 10 years and unpacking trauma that manifests in your life. And I, I like reading about different people's perspective on trauma. We, things happen to us, right? And when we're kids, sometimes we don't even know that it's trauma. We don't know the word trauma as a child. We just know this is the way life is. And a lot of times we develop coping strategies as children, or it could even happen, you know, as adults, when, when something bad happens to you, we de develop coping strategies to survive. We do what we have to do to survive. And then these coping strategies, they can, you know, turn into addiction, addictions. They can be maladaptive. They can start to, um, they can start to be harmful or you can look at yourself, you know, as a grown up and look back and go, why, why do I do all these things? Why am I closed off to the world? Why am I exercising too much? Why am I eating too much? Why am I taking these risks? Why can't I stay in a relationship? And these patterns need to be broken down so we can look at our life now and go, well, wait, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually safe today. 
and I'm safe. I have the ability to work through this trauma and I don't have to have these weird coping skills. I don't have to be closed off to the world. I don't have to engage in risk-taking behaviors, you know, whatever it is. But I like hearing others' perspectives because it's just never the same. I have worked with so many people that have been through um, just lots of different kinds of things. And there's similarities I see. However, some people can come into my office and talk to me and literally, you know, in the in the first or second session, start breaking down exactly what's been going on. Other people, um, it can take a long, long time. You know, I have people that I've worked with that we talk about the same story for a year. Every week we talk about the same story and I, you know, I'm wondering if any progress is ever going to get made. And then all of a sudden, boom, one session, they, they share something new with me. Oh, did I ever tell you X, Y, and Z? And it all starts to break down. But you know, the bottom line is people need to work through their trauma in their own time, in their own way. However, it's not going to happen until somebody's ready to do it. You can't force anybody else to work through their trauma. Um, you can't push them because typically if you push them, um, all those coping mechanisms, the volume on them is going to be turned up very, very, very loud. So um, I find trauma fascinating. I am always open to, you know, to new ideas and new ways of working through it. Um, and I just like to hear, I like it when people can be very open and share. Um, what they've been through. So that's why I appreciated the book. Well, you have no trauma. You have no trauma. You have no coping dude, mechanisms. You. <laughs> it's just, he's such a fucking narcissist. But that's not what it's about. But it's not, it doesn't it, fucking it doesn't matter. He's about. a fucking nope. you, it's horrible about human being. Trauma. It's about trauma. Him and him how are you doing? his wife it? are horrible. But that, it's, who cares? I mean, that's just like, that's just like your opinion, man. You know, Dude, and that should be that. I think that's a clinical opinion that they're fucking narcissist. Uh, actually, no. I mean, but I, I can go into the clinical side, but I won't because it's really boring. But no, not narcissist. But um, oh, I bet you Megan definitely 100 percent a narcissist. Oh, I'm not I'm not even talking. I'm not I'm not talking about. Uh, but again, trauma focus on just. Change focus. It's how people move through trauma. I don't really care. I mean, um, so yeah, so I thought the book was really good. The military stuff was a little boring for me. Um, those in the military might appreciate it, but all the helicopter stuff and all the details, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really need to hear too much, you know, too much military detail, but I appreciated the healing process and, um, talking about the different stages of trauma. So, yeah. That's that's one of the many books I'm reading right now. What a douche. Say it. Say it. Come on. Say it. Say it. Say it. No, I don't have to. That guy's such a douche. <laughs> God damn it. Meg. So, Sean, here's what we need to do on this podcast. You okay. need to start being open about how you feel because I think that I'm you a just closed off about how I you feel are, about yeah you just you just repress a lot of your thoughts and you know we get off this podcast and you just you don't want to just you don't want to just take it with you let it out come on how do you really feel Sean talk about to me Terry. oh God all right so what's yours go 
What's your what's yours? You get you get to go next there. Right. So I explained to you that I don't <laughs> fucking typically enjoy reading. There are several authors that I do enjoy reading more in the nonfiction and essay sense. Like I like Malcolm Gladwell. I, like his work, I think, is always solid. Um, his essays are always thought provoking and it kind of puts a twist on the way you may look at different things. Another author that I really do like, I like his humor, um, is Chuck Clusterman. I don't know if you ever read any of his stuff. Um, and so I just picked up his latest book, the nineties, and it's just kind of a, a rifling through of the decade of the nineties. I haven't started it yet. I plan on, since we're going to have time after Western States that I'll probably dive into it at that time. I just, I legitimately don't have time to read right now, but Chuck Klosterman's work is, is dark humor um, essays. He's written for like Esquire and Vogue and Rolling Stone. And um, he's super nerdy in the best possible way. Um, yeah. If you haven't ever checked out any of his work, you should should check it out. I think I have not. Um, Sex, drugs, and cocoa puffs is a <laughs> the title. The title. The of, title's like you get you caught my attention. <laughs> group of group of essays that are super good. Um, the um, oh, what's the other one? The black hat. He who wears the black hat is another one that's really good. Um, yeah. So. Anyhow, Malcolm Gladwell, I just find boring. I mean, yes. Is he does he have relevant information? Yep. But snooze fast. Um, And and I don't know if it's again, I I have nothing against what he's written. I'm not going to like go on a a Prince Harry tirade. But yeah, just boring. Boring. Yeah, I don't find that boring. Yeah. I mean, my, my teleprompter brain processes that. There you go. It doesn't okay. it doesn't involve like pictures. It involves thought processes and thought like somebody that's somebody that listens to the podcast exercises. that knows about neuropsych testing and learning styles. If you could shoot me and Sean an email and just break down what we're saying, because um, I am not a um, a neuropsychologist. Um, I do not do neuropsych testing. I mean, I know a little bit about learning styles, but if you are if you have any insight on this I, my daughter sees numbers has colors like one is um, a specific I, color two is a specific color threes when they combine they mix colors sometimes so i hear sounds well i don't i hear sounds and they have colors um they have colors and shapes and yeah. And I'm not on drugs, you know, I promise. Um, but <laughs> yeah. So, um, music does that to me. So yeah, somebody needs, somebody needs to break this down for us, but I'm not that kind of smart. Yeah. So what I am currently reading is, so I'm working on my cycling certification through, um, through UESCA, um, which is where I have my ultra running certification for, mm-hmm. it's not where my all my training certifications are for, but 
for no other reason than just to be a little more aware of yeah. different modalities. I mean, a well, lot of the training principles still exist in the same form. But. You, you doing the cycling stuff is like me um, doing weight training, strength training, and, and that kind of stuff. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, yeah. Um, but I am happy to say that I am not in any kind of, well, no, I, I'm learning Spanish, but I'm not in any kind of school. I'm not taking classes. I'm not doing any trainings. I mean, I suppose Spanish counts, but um, it's nice not to be in school for a while. You're sending me shitty emails in Spanish. Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. So to to explain that, I have changed my, my entire phone is in Spanish. And sometimes I forget that I am looking at things in Spanish and I guess I forwarded something to Sean and, and he's like, why are you sending me things in Spanish? I was like, Oh, didn't even notice. Sorry. Yeah. Trying, trying to broaden your mind. Do yeah. you do you, do you do audiobooks? Cause I do not. So I can do audiobooks. It's just, I don't. So when I, if I do audiobooks, it'll, I need to, if I'm doing audiobooks or solid podcasts, like I need to set aside the time to listen to that entire thing straight through. Oof. And I don't mean like the audiobook has to be like straight through, but I need to be able to finish like a chapter, right? Like I need to be able to go from one chapter to the next. Same with the podcast. I have to finish the podcast the all like the whole way through. So, you know, if I'm like listening to a Joe Rogan podcast, Joe Rogan podcast, Ugh, it might be. God, speaking of it might speaking be, of a narcissist, for Christ's sake, okay. it might be three. <laughs> it might be three hours that I have to set aside. Um, yeah, yeah. That no, I, my, I, I, I think it's I my ADHD brain. I can, I can pick things up and multitask and jump back and forth. So I can't piecemeal yeah. podcast or so. For me, when I drive in the car or whatever. I will listen to music solely. Almost. And you listen, do you listen to us in the car? Cause you don't get enough. I do listen to us in the car. I listen to <laughs> us in the car. That I can, that I can piecemeal. Cause I already know how it goes since I've just done it. Usually. <laughs> well, it's um, funny. Once we record, I tend to forget. I'm like, what did we talk about? <laughs> yeah. But All as right. soon as, as soon as it, the, like the, it starts going, it's instantly right back there. I know. I like. I know how it's going to progress the yes. rest of the way through. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's so audiobooks. Like I just, I just have to set this, that time aside if I'm doing it that way. Well, the the thing about audiobooks is it's. Um, but listening I, to it, I will visualize. When you hear it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um. When. I listen to an, I just like being immersed in a book. And I find that if I read that immersion happens so much better, if audio books to me are just like podcasts. And again, I would listen to a little bit of it, turn it off. You know, I just, I want to be absorbed into a good book and not be able to put it down. And I just don't get that when I'm, when I'm, when I'm listening to an audio book. So no, I don't, I, that's why I don't do audio books. Yeah, that's that's our differences, Megan. Yep. Yeah. Someone 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 smart will will let us will break this learning style down for us. So I have There's two smart people listen to our podcast. Oh, yeah, of course. We have geniuses. 
Geniuses attract geniuses, Sean. So we are attracting. Hey, so I got two TV shows that I'm watching. All right. You have to watch. Are you ready? Okay. I'm holding on. I'm on the edge of my okay. seat. Hold it on. All right. I think my very favorite TV show now is Ted Lasso. I love watching a Ted Lasso. white person. Because it's freaking funny. Well, it's just it's, it's just middle aged white people. It's, no, it's, okay. I, it's I watched, sports. I watched Ted Lasso. It's sports and humor and lack of in any time. There's men in sports in a um, in, well, not any time, but most of the time, you know, TV, movies, whatever. It's based in toxic masculinity. And this show is just funny. This show like Jason Sudeikis. Why does it have to be is, toxic masculinity? Why can't it just masculinity? Because there's a difference. There's you right now are exuding masculinity at this moment. However, if you changed the dialogue and the intentions of your masculinity, it can become toxic. Not all masculinity is toxic. There's a difference. But like, why is everything that is anyway with regards to sports considered toxic masculinity? No, 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 no. Not everything. It's it's almost like, you know, when they show dads on TV, most like, of the time dads, wait a minute, hold on. Dads are shown as idiots on TV. Dads are portrayed as just so stupid that they can't handle themselves. There's very, you know, they, there's certain ways that men are portrayed on TV. And I think the reason that Ted Lasso is different is because they're just portraying this group of guys differently. They're actually really funny and they're insightful and the dialogue is great. And oh my God, Roy Kent, I, there was a, came up on Instagram. Um, Roy Kent is, is one of the soccer player coaches and he was on Instagram. I guess he was on Sesame street with Oscar the grouch. And if you know, Roy Kent's character, um, just Google, you know, his name is, uh, Brett Goldstein, Brett Goldstein and Oscar the grouch is freaking hysterical. I just, I like watching this because there's nothing toxic. There's no men aren't going to do anything like you know, stupid, stupid, idiotic, misogynistic behavior. It's just funny, funny. And I need, I need funny and I need lighthearted. So I like yeah. Lasso, but yeah. like, I just, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with your commentary that all sports stuff is toxic masculinity. No, 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 no. I said when it's portrayed in entertainment, if, can you think, I mean, can you think of a sports-related movie or TV show that doesn't have toxic masculinity in it? I mean, I'm sure there are some, but they're few and far between. That doesn't have, I mean, just, I just don't understand, like, so... You would consider all the Rocky movies and Creed movies toxic masculinity? There's that's it. You know, that's a good point. So there is there toxic masculinity in it? Absolutely. One hundred percent. 
However, Rocky's a good guy. And that's that's the reason that Rocky is so awesome is because he overcomes like what about, he overcomes he overcomes Mr. T. He overcomes What about the blind um, side? What about fucking Yes, but that's what the but that's what, that's what the what blind about, side is based in. The blind side was based in toxic masculinity. And the reason it's good is because what's her name? Sandra Bullock and the guy. It's based on um, racism. Exactly. That's the, but that's not toxic masculinity. It's there's talk. There's absolutely toxic masculinity in that in that movie. One hundred percent. And it's it's nice just to have a sports show that isn't people doing bad things to each other. Right. Think about it. Rocky is overcoming. The blindside guy is overcoming. Sandra Bullock's overcoming. I mean, all of these sports Things are like bad things are happening and we need to fight through sports to to make good things happen. Ted Lasso is just freaking funny. It's yeah, great. Like, it's lighthearted. It's humor. It's soccer. And by the way, the soccer I'm not a soccer player, but I love watching soccer in that show. You know, it's just fun. It is fun. I'm not I'm not discounting yeah. Ted Lasso. I'm just, no, no, you're hung up. You're hung up on the toxic masculinity. Yeah, because I think it's silly. I think. Over, I think it's overreaching and simplistic to say that like all that is outside of Ted Lasso would be toxic masculinity. No, no, I didn't say all of it. It's, it's, you said it was just all frequently. In. No, no, frequently. I mean, you know, few and far between. I'm sure there's sports, male sports things that do not have toxic masculinity in it. But here, so listen, I pulled, listen to this. This is a, Definition, toxic masculinity is thus defined by adherence to the traditional male gender roles that consequently stigmatize and limit the emotions of boys and men may comfortably express while elevating other emotions such as anger. That sounds like Rocky. It is marked by economic, political, and social expectations that men seek and achieve dominance. If you can't tell me that Rocky isn't overcoming toxic masculinity with, a, you well, know, Apollo why, Creed. And, why, is it, was, why is it wrong to have specific genderized roles? Like, why I didn't is it, say it was wrong? I why said is it, it like, why is it, why is, I mean, but like, why can't you, why can't a man aspire to be masculine. No, no, I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. That's that's what makes Rocky awesome. That's what makes the blindside guy awesome. They're aspiring to be masculine without the toxicity. And typically, men in the society are raised to repress emotions, to be strong, to push through, to not feel things. When as a man, you have feelings, you have emotions, you have things that you're going through, but you are stigmatized in our society, for the most part, I'm making generalizations, for expressing said emotions. You're seen as weak. You're seen as uh, vulnerable. And that is not viewed positively. Now, what I'm saying is, I think Ted Lasso is flipping the tables on this, and they're showing men that are experiencing things in their life and they're not belittled for it. They're not belittled for having feelings. They're not less than for going through the things that they're going through in life. So Whereas in I, other sports movies, I think they are. I don't think that's true. What I do think is that as a society, we look at 
masculinity has doing what needs to get done regardless. So by that, I mean, if someone has to suck up their emotions so that they can be the rock that someone else can be on because they're dealing with something harder, I think that's like, that's what it is. I think the well, other that's side. The, that's the problem right there, though. I'm going to interrupt you here, for no, just a no, second. No, that's wait, the wait, problem because you're. But here's the thing about Ted Lasso, right? So like all that stuff that he's dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Ted is dealing mm-hmm. with in the show with his mm-hmm. like ex-wife and his, uh, yeah. his mental status and whatever. His anxiety and all that. His yeah. anxiety. Yeah. But what he's doing is he's fucking getting through it. Because That's he has the a therapist, because he has a therapist no, and he has friends that he's talking to. He's, he's, he's working through it in the show. You see him but, work through all these feelings. That's not where. That's not where the, the the. Where the side where people where men get on, men about fucking whatever feelings. It's not from, the idea that they have feelings. It's about the inability to get through it, to work through it, to make fucking moves, to make the next move forward. That's where people get fucking upset. Like that's where guys get upset. And so because of that, like there's this idea that like, if you say that, Oh, I can't do this. Cause, cause my feelings are hurt. It's like, well, fucking feelings <laughs> get hurt every fucking day. Just fucking well, move through it. But see, like, but it's glad, I'm you're, glad you're that you looking have, at this. I'm glad that you have feelings. You're looking like, at this as black or white. Do, so, do but things. what I'm saying is that in media, men with feelings tend to be stigmatized, right? In in especially in sports genres, and it's not and it's not that I'm expecting. It to be like Rocky to be like, oh, I'm really sad because, you know, Adrian doesn't want to date me, so I can't box. I have to sit and go through my feelings. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you know, he Rocky was able to work and train and hopefully, you know, foster a good relationship with with Adrian all at the same time. It, what's toxic is that if, okay, if you have a regular pattern, if you have a regular pattern of, let's call it, um, I'm doing air quotes, you're sucking up your emotions every single day because you are concerned about how others are going to view you. Like, God forbid you're sad. You're, you're less than a man. Okay. Um, you're scared. You're less than a man. You're you have anxiety, you have trauma, you're less than a man. That's toxic masculinity. It's not, I'm not implying that you need to feel every single emotion at every moment that it happens and not do life. We all compartmentalize to some degree. We compartmentalize, but then the thing is, are you able to stop compartmentalizing and take time for yourself, whether it's with friends or a sports team or your partner or a therapist or whatever, you know, whatever your jam is to actually experience what you're feeling as a human, not as a gendered male or female, just as a literal human. And, but media will tend to that is a fault. Men are weak when they feel things. Well, like, give me examples. Um, 
Well, okay. So, so I mean, let's look at the blind side. You know, it's it's based in racism, right? And they and even it, all these sports shows and and you know, Blindside and Rocky, they have to overcome. They have to overcome racism or poverty or whatever it is. And what I'm saying about Ted Lasso is I find it refreshing that nobody's I mean, everybody's has issues because they're human, but there's no toxicity that has to be overcome for the person to succeed. It's just a funny show, right? It's nice to be able to see sports that men are just acting like human beings and whether they are weak or strong, they're just men playing sports. I like it. I don't know. I think there's a whole bunch of stuff that's being overcome in that show. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're not stigmatized for it. That's what you're you're they're overcoming stuff without being stigmatized. But I don't think I don't think that's typical. Like, that's why I said, like, give me I need an example of like Rocky was sti- stigmatized because he was poor. OK, blindside guy was stigmatized because he was black and slightly slow. Right. That's what they had to overcome. And Ted Lasso was stigmatized because he was American, an American he's football not, coach. No, he's not being stigmatized. For he that. was in the first entire season. But it's it, no. He overcame that with his great personality. Roy, Roy Kent stigmatized because he's an old fucking washed up soccer player and he's overcome that. He's not that. stigmatized. Everybody accepts them for who they are. That's how the show progresses. He's accepted that he's American. Roy he's Kent over, is a He's overcome that. By but like there's Roy. no. There's a character so, arc to it, and that's the same with like mm-hmm. any freaking character. But however, in Ted Lasso, men are ex- allowed to c- express emotions without being stigmatized for it. So was it Rocky? Is, oh no, Rocky! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Rocky was not allowed to express emotions. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, there are some horrible, Rocky, horrible, horrible Rocky. scenes. Rocky yeah. in the, no. the final, the, like in the final Rocky, he goes to the board and is essentially like crying to get his freaking mm-hmm. reinstated because he's overcoming. He's overcoming. He's not weak. He's human. All right. Yeah. But that's, I'm just saying that like, you're saying that there's toxic masculine. Absolutely. 100%. Boys and men are stigmatized for expressing emotions and therefore they limit those emotions to fit in to do what they need to do there's no limiting of emotions in ted lasso it's all emotions that's what they're doing they're all feeling their stuff and they're all working through their stuff and nobody's like thinking they're less of a man because they're intelligent or have feelings or whatever so do you want to hear my next show because sure. it does not involve toxic masculinity. <laughs> um, have you watched The Great on Hulu? No. Okay. All right. So Elle Fanning um, plays um, Catherine the Great. This is a comedy. And I typically don't like period um, movies and shows because I just think they miss a lot of the details. However, this is like, it's not based in history at all. It's just a hugely funny show about Catherine the Great um, and her husband. It is 
extremely raunchy. This is not something that you ever want to watch. Well, I mean, it, well, I don't know. You may want to watch it with your kids, but I don't know, whatever. But I wouldn't, I would rec, I wouldn't recommend watching it with small children. Um, but it's through 18th century Russia. It's funny. Um, there's extreme violence. There's sex. It's funny. Um, yeah. And it's a great show. Again, I lean towards shows that make me laugh because I'll, I'll watch certain shows and they're so awful. And I'm like, why am I watching this show? I don't need any more trauma in my life. Cause that's what I do all day. So when I watch, um, the great, and I think it's season three just came out on Hulu. I have not started it yet. Um, Carrie doesn't watch the great. No, she's watching Bridgerton. Okay, so but this is like one hundred percent. That that yeah, makes, I don't, that, I don't either. That yeah, confuses me. Yeah, me it's too. It's like King George the Third. Yeah, but like his queen is black. I'm very confused. I don't understand any of it. I don't. Yeah, well the. <sighs> The great is there's, the great is just um, there's like openly gay people. I'm very confused by it. I feel like oh, I just don't understand. I asked my wife. It's like what? Yeah, so I would highly recommend checking out the great, but just you know, it's definitely uh, definitely R-rated. Um, R-rated comedy. Um, and again, I just need I need funny stuff to take me out of to take me out of real life. So Ted Lasso, the great thumbs up. Right on. So my wife watches the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, <laughs> I like that show too. And so I have seen every episode of that. Um, which is, it's a good show. I like it. It's entertaining. Do- the I like it. Um, the first season was just so friggin funny that her comedy in the first season was hysterical. Like when she in that first season, when she loses her mind and goes on stage for the first time and does her comedy and ends up taking her shirt off. And that whole scene is like laugh out loud roar funny. That that's what got me hooked. Yeah. I mean, I think it's 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 just. It's an interesting, I think the the costume design, the set design, everything is very well done. It feels mm-hmm. very proper period piece for what is. I mean, the relationships and the, the dynamics that exist are not probably appropriate I, for that I, period. I, I like even. the relationship between her and Lenny Bruce. That's, I, I really like those two together as friends. Yeah. Um, the Lenny Bruce stuff, I don't, I, I mean, from what I know of Lenny Bruce, I don't think he would have cared for her very much in all honesty. Right. Like that's like the thing It's like, it's like, you got to let it go. It's sort of like the great, they call it an anti-historical comedy drama. You, you got to let go of the details and just, you know, just sort of go with the flow. If you can do that, then it's enjoyable. If you really think about it, it's, you know, whatever. Just suspend belief. Um, but I'm really excited. The second season of The Bear is coming out. Did you watch that on Hulu at all? I, that's the one about the cooking. Yep. Yeah, I turned on the first episode and there was so much chaos and yelling that it gave me a headache and I turned it off. 
Yeah, I like remember, but in it's, remember what I do for a living. I mean, I work as a therapist and I work as a paramedic, so I don't want to hear people yell. I don't want to hear people fighting. Like I just, it's, it it, it was, you know what it felt like? You know what the bear felt like to me? It's when I watch Marvel movies now, Marvel movies are too much for my brain. Um, I feel overstimulated between the action the sound, the visual, and the bear sort of had that overstimulated, overstimulating effect on me. Yeah. I like, um, Jeremy Allen White, right? He's yeah. The, um, he was great in Shameless. I mean, I think he, oh my God, I loved I, Shameless. Oh my I, God. I legitimately be typecast as a Chicago kid. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, the show is, I, I think it's really well done. It's, I've, I grew up working in kitchens and I've worked as like a short order cook and, um, been you know, my daughter, you know, my daughter's going to one of the most famous cooking schools in the country. So yeah, (laughs) I'm learning. I'm start. I know nothing about cooking. Um, so I'm starting to learn. So it's, it's been quite eye opening for me. So, yeah. And it's, it's a, I mean, it is a rough life as a, Mm -hmm. as a cook chef, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And the food service industries. Yes. Grotesque. But I like the show. I, I do. Um, and it doesn't feel like chaos to me. I understand it. It like yeah. resonates with me. Um, so I watched that. I've been watching silo on, um, Apple TV. Oh, that keeps coming up. Yeah. I see. I, it keeps popping up as a suggestion. Um, it's sci-fi. You, if you're not into trauma, you're not going to want to watch this. It's. Oh my God. Did you watch Daisy Jones in the six? That's another one. Oh Oh, yeah. That's on Amazon and you are going to love it or going to hate it. I don't know which, but it will not be in between. I flipping love it. And I actually love the music. Um, you just reminded me when you said that, but it's about it's about a band and it's sort of based on like a Fleetwood Mac um, style. You know, um, love, hate going on in the band um, and the music is the music is really, really good. Like, you know, Jackson Brown and Phoebe Bridgers and there's a nut Chris Christopherson. They're the ones that are writing all the music. So it's really good. Um, you and Carrie, you and Carrie would probably well, I don't know if. I think you and Carrie would probably like that, but it's, um, I whiz through that, that show just cause I love the music so much. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the bear. I don't I like it. Um, what else have I been watching? Oh, we've finished the second season of single drunk female. Oh yeah. That's fun. <laughs> um, coming from like the background. I'm like, Oh yeah. I know all of those people, everyone that's involved in that episode and the, um, that's a good show. The again, stupid comedies. I like that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but there's like, I mean, um, that is a stupid comedy. It's just funny. What's her What's her name is excellent in it. Um, from the Breakfast Club. Uh, oh, Ali Sheedy. She Ali plays Sheedy. the mom. How did yeah. I How did I just come up with that? I don't know where that came. Yeah, she plays the mom, and isn't that like? Doesn't it put life in perspective when Ali Sheedy is the mom? She's like the she's like the. <laughs> oh well, someone someone posted this the other day. Um, it's sort of in this the realm. 
about Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Oh he went God. back 30 years, mm-hmm. right? And the, so it was like, it was 1985 and he went back to right 1955, right? So if that were today, take place today, he would go back to 1993. I hate it when people do stuff like that. I'm like, shut up. And so the, <laughs> the other side, interesting fact in that, and I think we talked about this a podcast ago, was the song that was playing when he went back in time to like signify like the time frame was Mr. Sandman, mm-hmm. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. And if you were to go back to 1993, it would be Metallica's yeah. Enter Sandman. Yeah. So there you go. That's a fun little fact for you. Yeah. We had good music in the nineties. Really I did. know that's why I'm very, I'm yeah. actually excited to read that clustering book. Yeah. Um, my next my next recommendation is just because I'm obsessed. Um, I follow the John Butler trio like people followed the Grateful Dead and follow the dead. I am abs like I have seen John Butler live. Um, you know, I've played a few of his songs, I think, on the music podcast and a few outtake songs. Um, he uh, we saw him at House of Blues in Boston, and it's the first time I've ever seen him solo. So it was a definitely a different kind of show. John but, Butler single. Yep. He was just John Butler. Yep. There was no John Butler trio in his web. And so I, who knows? I mean, who knows why he's not touring with the band? But we were just so grateful to be able to see him live. So too much. I drinking. can glug, glug, glug. Maybe. Who knows? But it was a great show. Um, I like House of Blues. I really like seeing concerts there. We had the they were playing. He was playing at House of Blues and he was also playing up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We could not make both shows. I would have liked because it was like House of Blues. It was Sunday. So it was last Sunday, Mother's Day. And then he was in Portsmouth, I think, on Wednesday. But we just could not make both shows happen because, you know, we have kids and lives and all that sort of stuff but um and as but, we learned oh, from your last episode kids ruin concerts they do they do they ruin concerts somehow we survived and we didn't have any tragedies happen while um while we were seeing john butler but um i just need to get to ben harper and all will be all will be forgiven I know. I have a few other concerts in between, um, but yeah. you can finally so, forgive Mitchell. I know. I know. I'm like, do you, you cannot fly. You are not Superman. It will not work. And if you so, have yeah, an umbrella, so, you're not Mary Poppins either. No, it doesn't work. Oh, so I freaking love John Butler. I just think he is just the coolest individual ever. I'm obsessed. Um, And I was so blown away to see him solo. Um, Just watching what he can do on stage um, just made my brain go and just explode with happiness. So, yeah. Yeah, so musically, dude, I've just been cycling through... Dude, I go, I go, I go fucking just every different direction. So 
out of so I've been listening to I probably listened to three or four bands pretty regularly right now, uh, depending on what mood and where I'm feeling. Well, maybe five bands. I don't know. Um, so this this could get lengthy, right? Like I said, I do listen- any of them involve toxic masculinity? Absolutely. <laughs> well, Sean, you should not be shamed for having emotions. You are allowed to be human, my friend. So one of the fucking the tiger. One of the fucking. I think you pull the tiger's tail and you poke the bear, right? Anyways, I digress. No, no, I'm poking. I'm deliberately poking. I know, the but tiger. you poke the bear and you pull the tiger's <laughs> tail. I think that's the proper. I don't want to pull a tiger's tail. That's that, that 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 would that would end badly. I can just gonna, Dude, I'm just gonna well, poke it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go on with your band, God man. Damn it, Megan. <laughs> you said it. You said it. You said it. I made you say it. <laughs> so, okay, I, have, I can just close down Sunday. <laughs> okay, go on. So, I listened to. I've been listening to. Um, a ton of Zach Bryan. His, yeah, me his, too. Me his too. um his live album All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster is excellent. Oh, I haven't it's, heard that. Oh, it's it's fucking like I've I have friends that hate live records. No, oh, I like um, them. I like them. But I Just... think they're really show what an artist can do. Now I know if you release a live record from your studio or whatever, they can doctor it up so it sounds mm-hmm. better. But it's a really good fucking record. Uh, all my homies hate Ticketmaster. His his songwriting is just is just mind blowing. And again, like I'm gonna put well, his, him. His, his songwriting is very simplistic. It's his. But it's it's his, it's his storytelling. It's his, it's his it, syntax that he uses for mm-hmm. wordplay is interesting. Like instead of like an old blue truck, it'll be a blue old truck. It's just the. Flopping mm-hmm. of words sounds. That's what I mean. His weird. that's his songwriting is just yeah. But yeah, I think the title for all my homies hate Ticketmaster, and if someone's out there listening and really know, is derived from what I've been told by a f- friend of mine that's really big in the country music scene. Is that Zach Bryan? There'll be no resale tickets for Zach Bryan shows. Because, really good for him because he pulls them off and. Freaking makes them yep. invalid. Good. So yeah. I think that's that's where that comes from. Um, but his that is a, a good fucking album. So I've been listening to that a lot amongst just so, so this other stuff. I had to read. I wanted something in the orange. Every time I listen to that, I hear something different. But seriously, like the and this this is not me poking the tiger or pulling the tiger's tail. In all seriousness, right? But um, to you, I'm just a man. To me, you're all I am. Where the hell am I supposed to go? I poisoned myself again. Something in the orange tells me you're never coming home. It's like, God damn. I mean, those, you know, that's the, you know, that's part of the chorus. It's just like, seriously, it's so simple, but he just nails it. Yeah, his voice is phenomenal. It is, um, yeah, everything about him. Yeah, he's cool. The, the really about the only thing that like, like I would say negatively about Zach Bryan is his spoken, like his interludes between songs where he talks to the audience. Well, that's a, a live lack, album. Is lackluster. 
Yeah, I mean, but it's it's just it's just like yeah. if you listen to like I'll go watch. There's a punk band that I really like, No Effects, and I've seen them perform. And Fat Mike is the lead singer and bassist of the band, and one of the other the lead guitarists and is. Anyways, they have a repertoire that like is very good, and they they talk and they banter, and he knows how to work the crowd and talk. And Zach Bryan, I'm not sure if it's because he's young or just his right. his. You could be just doesn't be shy. Wrap around yeah. it. Yeah. Um, doesn't he doesn't have that. That's the downside of that. Yeah. Um, but fucking great His album. Music makes up for it, yeah. And then I've been. Listening I'll listen to that. To, I'll listen to that today. I've been listening to a ton of different uh, Green Sky Bluegrass shows. Um, from from. Narts. Oh my god, they they show up in my in my random all the time now, just because we've played them on the podcast. <laughs> so yep. like that, I know, but so good. my, my Apple player thinks that I like them and I feel like I need to talk to Apple and go, it's not me, man. It's Sean. <laughs> you should, you should like them. They're really good. Listen you know to- I, I, I know it's not that I dislike them. It's just that like one song, two songs is great. But then after that, I'm like, okay, good. Boom. Listen you know, to and the, then- another, another pseudo live album. It, they released, like four shows, I think, during the pandemic when they a little a little banjo goes a long way. Couldn't play live. Mm-hmm. And, well, they do most a lot. Of, well, they have banjo. Yeah. But like it's the mandolin that really stands out on a lot of their stuff. Yeah. True. Anyhow, I digress. And the Dorbo. Drobo. 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 Anyway. Dobro. Yeah. Dorbo. Thank you. Um, Dobro. Yeah. <laughs> the um, they did like four live albums that they recorded with no audience type of stuff like streamed and whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the leap sessions, leap year sessions, volume one is really good. Listen, as far as something you can get off Apple iTunes and not dig into like nugs.net or other live stuff um, is a really good album to get into. But I've been listening to the, the show I saw in Boston. It's, 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 there's there's such drastically different shows from like one to the next to the next, depending on what songs they play, how they play them. But the sh- the show in Boston's a really bizarre, almost dark show. It was mm. it was really kind of cool to to, to hear. Um, they played like Kerosene and You Lie, songs that you don't care about that you maybe don't know. But it, just like in the jams on them are really good. I know that's probably not everyone's thing but solid um so i've been listening to that and then to like flip the script i've been listening to there's a a small punk band called drain they're kind of hardcore thrashy punk getting into that a little bit but the album that i've been listening to punk wise that it's been on repeat is the confidence uh i'm sorry the co-defendants um, it's the lead singer from Get Dead from somewhere else. I think I've mentioned it on here before. Mm-hmm. And um, Fat Mike, and it's it is awesome. It is solid all the way through. There's ska, punk, reggae, like techno-ish stuff mixed in there, like electronica mix. Like it's it's just a wild amalgamation of 
um, a real West Coast punky sound with like a, a good mix of of stuff. It's it's wild. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know how else to to go into that. And then to wrap up what I've been listening to, I've been listening to Guns and Roses quite frequently. Hmm. You can't go my, wrong with that's my toxic masculinity right there is the guns. Mm-hmm. And roses. Yes. Appetite for destruction is the best God, album. It, yeah, man, you aren't, you aren't kidding there. That is a great album to do a hard workout to as well. Dude, it's, it's a solid album all the way through. There's not a, not a bad song on the album. Um, they, right. Uh, the, the argument is that Nirvana destroyed 80s hard rock bands like was the downfall and i think it was really guns and roses was you know so what song, good that no one could ever get better and that's do you know what song sure. i hate on appetite what? appetite for destruction literally hate and i always fast forward what you want to guess um, think about my brain see if and let's see if you can or i can just tell you i i I don't know. Paradise City. I can't stand Paradise City. Oh, it's yeah. Just a, it's just a simple rock song. Yeah, it's something about it. Do you? Okay. I hear music in in in. I don't know. There's something about that song that just it feels like fingernails on a blackboard. And I actually really love that album. Um, like, think about you. Like if you play "Think About You" to me, like I, I cannot sit down. That is one of those like I. There's like the beat, everything gets me moving. Um, like it's so easy, you know. There's there's just that, but then Paradise City hits, and I'm like, your yeah. brain really is fucking wired weird. Like those mm-hmm. would be the least popular songs. Really, album. I would one hundred. Think about you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh my I god, guarantee. Right, like I would say, it's probably "Sweet Child of Mine" is probably the, the most popular, followed by "Welcome," followed yeah. by yeah. "Paradise City," "Night Train." Night Train's great. Um, Michelle, awesome. Mr. Brownstone, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think you get into those songs. Like I think those would be like at the bottom of, of the ten. Oh songs no! See, yeah, no. And but you know, I honestly because you know how the radio can kill songs. I mean, I like "Welcome to the Jungle" and "Sweet Child of Mine" are good songs, but you just hear them so much that uh, like, the guitar, the Slash's guitar on "Sweet Child of Mine" is so fucking yeah. amazing. It doesn't yeah. matter. And Axel's voice. Yeah, I mean, I like. So I definitely then. like. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I definitely like it, but yeah, Paradise City, skip, skip, skip every single time. So, Rocket Queen is probably yes. the most oh. underrated song on that album. That's a, that's a good. That's a good one. Podcast. Podcasts. We're gonna talk podcasts now. So, besides ours, what are you? What are you listening to? I listen to two podcasts on a pretty regular basis. Like I said, I really have to kind of set time aside for them. Um, I listen to, all right, I listen to two podcasts regularly, and then there's one series that I really enjoyed recently. Um, the two podcasts I listen to, I listen to Jason Coop's podcast. Uh, do you know who Jason Coop, CTS coach, Jason Coop? 
Um, I think he gets some very interesting scientific people in the world of ultra endurance sports to come on and talk. Now, I have certain issues with Jason Coop and his dogmatic approach to everything being super science-based when it comes to some of his, um, I don't know, his, his preconceived, not preconceived, his freaking dogmatic belief system. But that's, that's a whole different thing. Um, we could get into that in a whole different thing, but his guests that he have on is, are excellent. Um, I listened to, on the funny side of things, Two Bears in One Cave. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. That's Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. They're two comedians. Oh, okay. Uh, they are off the fucking chain funny. They're like best friends. They do a podcast together. Sometimes they have other guests fill in for one or the other if they're not together. And that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Burt Kreischer is... You've never seen the comedian, like, the, you've never seen Burt Kreischer, the comedian that, like, takes his shirt off every time he's on stage? Mm-mm. He tells the best fucking stories. I'm going to fucking send you Burt Kreischer stories. You have to, <laughs> you have to listen to the story of the machine. It's, he's actually releasing a movie, in, I think May 25th it comes out, that's, like, a sequel to that type of, his initial story. It's, it's what blew him up as a comedian. Anyhow, I'll just give you... This is going to be like the, the I, so they, and it's, if, if this is not your type of humor, people, like, it is what it is. Um, they have, in the past, has their successes grown, um, has individual comedians and in media. They started, like, buying each other, like, birthday gifts and, like, one-upping each other on the birthday gift. So, initially... Tom bought Bert like a super bougie electric bike for his like for his for his birthday. And then Bert bought Tom two like super jet like super like amped up jet skis. Then Tom No, yeah. So I don't know what happened. Anyways, Tom bought Bert something else. Bert bought frickin' Tom a race car team and a, and a fucking race car to, to drive in. And then just recently, <laughs> Tom bought Bert because there's, there's a running gag about Bert. So Tom bought Bert a... China like teacup and saucer that was from Hitler's house. Oh my god. It is like his vacation house in Austria. And presented it to him on the podcast, like in front of everyone. And it was it so fucking funny. Because right, like what do you do with that? Like it's it's like, yeah, right? I don't know. Right? it's like, it's like, it's, it's something that was probably so expensive, 
so hard to get. And he, the joke is like, he can never, like, you can't be proud of it. Like you can't like display it with like pride. Like, yeah, it's like, it costs so much money that like, and it was like gift that like, you can't destroy. Like it's, it's the funniest gag ever that like he did that for his birthday. Just an exorbitant amount of money. Anyhow, that, that fucking, that's like kind of their humor between the two of them. And it's, it's really, it's really, they're really good together. There's a whole fucking bit about Bert and drinking Kool-Aid. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome. You should listen to that. That, that is a <laughs> laugh that you would yeah, just, it's just, just laugh a minute there. Um, and then there is a really good um, Huberman lab series that he does with Andy Gaplin, who's a. Um, is this still a, the same podcast? No, this is a different podcast. This is Dr. Do you know Andrew? Uh, um, do you know um, Andrew Huberman? Do you know his podcast, Dr. the Huberman Lab? So anyways. Sounds familiar, he, but. Yeah, so he's a, he's, a, um, he's a neuroscientist, PhD at Stanford, I believe, or UCLA. Um, and he does a podcast. There's some of it's like pseudo bro science stuff type of things, but he had Dr. Andy Gaplin on there for a six part series where they go into like the physiology of different aspects of between like weightlifting for power, for strength, for um, endurance, supplementation, uh, cardiovascular for work for um, aerobic conditioning for, or for, for speed and power for, so like they go into like all these different sides of the physiology and the mechanisms to elicit the responses that you want. And it's a six part series that they go into and it's, it's really well laid out and really simplistic in a way that most people can understand. Um, but with good science behind it, then there's some other stuff that like Huberman gets into where it's the science is kind of out on it and it may be more like, Hey, it's in the news cycle. It's, it's the hot right. topic to talk about, like, right. like nasal breathing or whatever fucking corny ass shit fucking is important to fucking or to pseudo the, you know, the, the idea of like chasing the 1%, but leaving the like 70% on the fucking table. Cause you're chasing that like 1% type of shit, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Where it's like, it's like this supplement will like boost you by like blah, say blah or whatever. Well, the biohacking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, chase, yeah. That's you, I don't, yeah, I can't, I can't handle that. I'm like, was, life is too complicated enough as it is. So. Well, like, I mean, it's the, what are you, you're chasing 1% for, mm-hmm. for, but leaving 70% of the table. There's, there's a certain person that we're, we're acquainted with that I feel like does that a fucking shit ton, a mm. shit ton. So anyhow, so those are, right. the, those are the three podcasts that I regularly listen to. What do you, what are you listening to, Meg? All right. So I have different categories. First, I listen to a bunch of stuff in Spanish just because I'm trying to learn Spanish. So I have like a medical Spanish podcast and um, I also listen to the news in Spanish and all that sort of stuff. But I'll skip over those. One of my favorite podcasts and what season are we on now? So it's season four um, is out now, um, but it's called I Spy. And it's 
Margot Martindale, did you watch the um, Americans? The t- no, the, but the I do show? know. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. So she's so she's the host. But what they do on iSpy is they have spies on and they just tell their espionage stories. And most of the most of the podcasts run like, you know, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. Sometimes they're two part, but it's everything from like the Cold War to World War Two to, um, you know, to current spy stuff. I find spying fascinating. I love it. I love the compartmentalization of it. Um, I love the deception. I love the intelligence. I love the cultural nuances. I can't get enough of it. Um, there's four seasons out. Um, I'm so eager for when season five comes out, but that I spy is absolutely one of my favorites. Um, have you ever listened to Dan Carlin's hardcore history? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, you probably like that. It's not spying, but I mean, he goes, he goes into real in-depth um, breakdowns of different periods in history, yeah, like what, specifically yeah, like with what war happened. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his like breakdown of like World War One is like wild. I mean, just the he breaks I, like I, there's one part where he's like talking about World War One is like they're they're using machine guns and still charging into battle on horses. Right. Which is a yeah. fucking crazy, like, mm-hmm. right? isn't like, it? It's like, yeah. to think about. Yep. Yeah. So it was like the first time they used chemical warfare. His breakdown of that is yep. fucking amazing. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I didn't mean to derail you. And um, no, 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 it's okay. Um, but yeah, so I spy highly. If you like conspiracy and um, you know, and spying and all that stuff, highly, highly recommend it. Um, I also like All Songs Considered, and that comes out every Friday, and that's an NPR thing. Um, I don't necessarily listen to it every single week, but they, you know, they have, I don't know, four or five different hosts, and they just talk about new music that's come out that week. And the reason I like to listen to it is because it allows me to hear genres that I may not normally hear in real real life. And I've heard some real gems some stuff i hear i think is total crap but um but yeah so so i like that and then i do listen to a lot of comedy um i love um dry sarcastic sense of humor so um conan o'brien needs a friend definitely love definitely love that because he's just so his humor is just so dry it's hysterically funny um don't ask tig which is with Tignataro. Um, and also I love um, The Fuckery with uh, Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus. And Leslie Jones, you know who she is? She's the, um, she's the black lady from Ghostbusters. The new, the new there's, Ghostbusters. There's no, there's no black lady in Ghostbusters. There's a white lady that's a secretary. No, no, no. The newer ones. Don't there's only one Ghostbusters. Well, the new ones are funny, but anyway, so she is, she is the epitome of angry black woman. And I just love her. I just love, she's just my inner, like she and Roy Kent are my inner angry voices. Have you ever seen Miss Pat? Uh-uh. Oh, check out Miss Pat. That's an angry okay. black woman. She's. Okay. Dude. I, yeah. So. Our brains. So yeah. Pro- so, so comedy. Yeah. Um, I, our, I like to laugh. Our brains could not be any different, any more different, Megan. Fucking. We are different people. Yeah, that I've noticed. 
but yet but yet we're such we're such dear friends and we've fostered this lovely relationship for how many years uh, yeah. does bill watch all this shit with you tv shows yeah tv shows um yeah so podcasts. um um no podcasts i always listen to by myself because i can't like if i'm listening to a podcast and you talk it bugs the hell out of me like i want to just listen to the podcast boom it's in you know so i don't listen to podcasts with anybody else um but we watch um we watch a lot of shows together but i do have certain shows that i watch on my own he can't stand um the marvelous miss mazel because he can't stand her voice in the dialogue mm-hmm. you know what i mean you know the pace of it that drives him crazy but um but we love ted lasso um we're always excited to watch that to watch that one every week so i yeah, like so. fast fast talking shows i do too letter Kenny is one of my favorite yeah in that he he gets really irritated at that sort of like uh, fast that sort of fast yeah fast unique sounding dialogue so i watch i watch all those shows by myself don't watch <laughs> don't watch letter kenny with them yeah um but yeah, no. And that's one of the reasons I don't listen to audiobooks either, because if I was listening to an audiobook in my house and somebody came up and talked to me, like I don't even if I'm reading a book, people come up and talk to me. And I'm like, don't you see me reading a book? Like uh, I'm reading. Why why are you talking to me? So there's no way I could convey that when I'm listening to something. And also, I listen to music the same way. Like I listen to music where I can listen to it so intensely. I break down the sounds. I break down the notes. I break down the instruments. I break down the voice, the production, all that. I love, that's one of the reasons I love listening to music in the car by myself. Like, cause I can really go deep. Um, but if I'm at home listening to music, it has to be interruptible, you know? Um, because if somebody talks over like this part, of the song i'll be like oh god don't no no i have to rewind it and listen to it again it's your ocd megan it's okay yeah yeah well i just detail i hyper focus on details um and especially especially with music and with sound for sure so that's my i don't hard to describe i don't it's it's weird to say see it because then you think i see it like i see you it's almost like when i read i get images in my mind and so i like i'm seeing the story in my mind i'm not actually like seeing it in front of me music's the same way it elicits ideas and and specifically colors you know colors colors and sounds are directly connected to me in my mind not I'm not seeing them like I'm seeing you. It's hard to describe. Well, I didn't think you like fucking hallucinated and started seeing <laughs> colors flying out. And fucking you know, what? I haven't run that many miles recently, so <laughs> I haven't hallucinated. I haven't hallucinated in a long time. Let's let's keep it that way. All right, Meg. So. Yeah. What's your, what's your takeout song? My takeout song. Um, so you hold on to your chair. Jason Isbell has a new album out, it, Weather Veins. So it comes out officially um, June 9th, um, but he's released three songs. 
Um, the three songs he's released are Death Wish, Middle of the Morning, and Cast Iron Skillet. We're going to go out with Death Wish, which is a very dark song about loving somebody that's going through a lot. Um, the lyrics are super intense. Um, the music is great. I am so excited for the rest of his album. This and me trauma. Sean, Sean, you know what? What if, what if you actually liked it? Would you tell me? Like, I'm at, okay, and no, seriously, I play this song and your brain is blown and you're like, Megan, that is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Would you tell me or would you keep it to yourself? No, I'll tell you. Oh, okay, all right, Listen, just check. I have, I have no problem admitting I'm wrong when I'm wrong. So, you know who's done, like, Sam has done that to me. Like, he's played, what are they? He's played songs that I hadn't heard that I'm that are actually like a couple of my favorite songs. So, yeah. But anyway, so we're going out with Death Wish um, and uh, a little on the dark side, but I am just so excited for this album to come out. So, Sean, I hope it blows your mind and I hope you enjoy it. There you go. Mind blown. Talk to you later. Enjoy. Bye. Something